Until the mountain crushed my brother's skull, no Dornishman had died in this war of the five kings. The prince murmured softly as Hotah pulled a blanket over him. Tell me, Captain, is that my shame or my glory? Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games' George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. Probably so. Got Damn shame. I'm I'm about ninety nine point eight percent sure we've not done that quote before, though. Does that anyone else feel like when you read a Martell chapter, it always ends up going, "Aww," <laughs> like Quentin's whole arc ends in "Aww," the stuff with like Ocart ends in "Aww," like all the Martell things are like, "Aren't we? Isn't this nice?" This is, and then it ends and with, then this, "This is why is, we can't have yeah. nice." Things. <laughs> All of them. Well, I guess now you know where their theme in the game comes from. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I love it. Oh, welcome to uh, Three Champs and a Will. Uh, I'm <laughs> Three your, Champs and a Will. <laughs> I'm your one week uh, champion host, Kyle. Would the other um, champions like to uh, address themselves? I'm one week champion host, Aaron. And I am guest one week champion host Tommy. And who are you, Will? <laughs> I guess I'm Will. Woo! He, he was the only option left. Everyone else picked all the good characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, Will. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> A little bit. I know you better than that. If, as long as it doesn't mean me not being a resident uh, weekly champion, then. Then I do feel bad, but if it's like me or you, it's it's gonna be you. Good to know. That's all. That's really what it all comes comes down to for you. It is. Hundred and ten percent. So I guess we have some some champs. We have some tourney reports, and in fact, we even owe Tommy a uh, tournament report from last week. Uh, because technical difficulties inadvertently destroyed it. Uh, technology. Holy shit, our intro was like three minutes. What the hell was that? That was crazy. I mean, just think. That means when I trim it, it's only going to be like 30 seconds. Yeah, Will's not going to leave any of that shit about him being... uh... (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of being the editor of the show... You guys say exactly what I want you to say. Yeah, so, Tommy, chronologically speaking, you were the first. 
So, uh, late on us, tell us a little bit about how you stepped in and dominated the field in Chicago. A field, I might point out, that included fellow weekly champion Kyle Vansel. So I think I was, that makes you better than him. I was dropped. Did include Kyle. <laughs> I was also um, a couple in, and if by a couple was, I mean many. It was dark. I couldn't see. That part actually is true. It was slightly dim. <laughs> so it was it was the Windy City Cup in Chicago, and it was what three weeks ago now, Kyle. I think you might have briefly touched on it in an episode. I have no clue. It's been a while. It was but, good. Uh, it, yeah, it was a great event. Doug Pearson from Chicago, who put it on, uh, did a really good job with it. It was a really fun event. It was in a bar. Um, that's why Kyle was inebriated or something along those lines. Um, it was a, a long day of playing and drinking, and it was really fun. Um, we had a melee the night before as well that I was also fortunate enough to win. Um, nice. I, yeah, I played Tar Dragons for that. And... Um, time, but uh, the, bi- the big thing was the Saturday Joust, and um, we ran four rounds with a cut to eight. I played Siege, uh, and uh, my restricted card was Fear of Winter. It's a deck I've been working on for about a year. I have been tweaking it, playing with it ever since uh, Bloodthirst and Old Way were running the meta, and I originally designed it just to give the middle finger to those decks because I can stand them. And hey, me too. Well, I can stand them, but I built my siege for the exact same reason. I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> Great minds think alike. So, um, it was even meaner back then when Art of Seduction wasn't restricted, mm-hmm. but uh, I think oh, that was so good. the time and the reps and everything that's been put into it um, has, has really uh, made it pretty well-oiled. Um, I ran it to a top 16 finish at Worlds. and uh, Drops on that. Yeah, I, I think I saw you there. <laughs> we might have chatted a little bit here and there. <laughs> here and there. Um, but the, the tournament at Winnie City Cup uh, was a was a pretty good field. Uh, as you mentioned, Kyle was there. And uh, Ben Terpstra, who has, I believe, been on your show before from Iowa, was also there. And he was uh, second place finisher in both uh, Melee and Joust. Um, in fact, I believe he played my Melee deck in Melee, if I remember in- right. You are exactly correct. He did, and uh, he played a deck for the Joust that he and I had built the night before. Uh, he played Lanny Tunnels of the Red Keep, HOD, and uh, it was a very good deck, and I was almost on the verge of playing it myself uh, to spice it up, but I figured if I was going to retire the Siege of Winterfell that I was going to do it in good fashion, uh, go out on top with it. Uh, <laughs> I have... I don't know, lovingly referred to it and kind of jokingly at the same time because I don't necessarily enjoy playing Stark, but uh, I called it the White Russian the entire time because <laughs> it was all, all built for speed and uh, literally <laughs> no bells and whistles, just balls out speed all the time, um, which I'm sure Kyle probably touched on a little bit in his report. But um, Would you real- say it's normally like nailing that second turn win or... Uh- Where's kind of the average at, then? Two to three plots. Um, I, I'm surprised if it goes longer, but it is surprisingly resilient, especially since Hall had come out. It really added a little uh, extra staying power, just using the um, 
maybe Aaron can help me with the name of it. Uh, not Northland Keep. Is, Wait, which location? The location that's one cost uh, that you discard to cancel a trigger during a military challenge. Oh, it's um Borderland. Borderland Keep. Right? Keep. Borderland Keep. Yeah. Yep. Great card. Yep. So before Heron Hall came around, that was the card I was using. But uh, Heron Hall just made it so much better and have so much more staying power. Like I said, um, you're you're always looking for optimal flops and uh, your characters with stealth, and that's that's the great thing about the deck is you don't necessarily have one thing that you need thrilled if you see Serio, but other than that, all of your other characters will get the job done for you. Um, I can kind of do a quick. Round by round. Um, hey, sorry, one more thing. What shoot. epic? What epics do you run? I was running uh, nine epics. All three of the Battle for the Shield Isles. All three of the um, House Stark specific one. Um, Which one is that? Is that the uh, Kill Someone Without Intrigue? That is the one. It's Whispering Woods, I believe. Battle of Whispering Ro- Woods. Okay. And then I also used the um, Return of King's Landing location. I think that's Battle of the Bay. Nice. Exactly the same as me. Some people really like the two claim one, and the two claim one lets you do any challenge, and that yep. completely terrifies me. That's exactly so why I didn't it. do it. I was always afraid of getting hosed on the uh, power challenge against Targ, and then obviously the intrigue against Lannister. So um, I toyed around with having one copy of Ruby Ford in there, and I also, uh, in the very early stages, toyed around with having two copies of the War of the Five Kings. And. Um, it just wasn't necessary. I was seeing enough with nine, um, especially again after Heron Hall came around. I was I would ha- I originally had two copies of Paper Shield in the deck um, during those Bloodthirst days, and I was able to cut those out as as along with the Borderland Keeps, adding in the Heron Halls, and then one single pin of Royal Decree. So uh, no no had, nope. No kill events of any kind. I had the nine wow. epics and one royal decree, and that was it. I and never was... ran them until uh, Danny became too much of a problem to ignore. You know, she never really became an issue for me because I tended to win the initiative enough times, and um, I played. I think over the entire course that I ran the deck, I think I I saw Targ five or six times. Um, specifically a Targ deck trying to abuse Danny, and the only time that I lost to it was in the top 16 at Worlds to Alex, who was ended up being the overall champion. Yeah. Um, that was the only Targ loss that I took the entire season. That's the deck I was terrified of. I'm in New yeah. York, so, like, that kind of deck just freaking shows up every second tournament. Yeah, and... Um, he really had an, an optimal setup in that game. He he was popping out Pyatpri right away on turn one. Um, I was a little paranoid that he was running a Forgotten Plans as well. So given that I knew that he had been practicing with some people that were running their own versions of Siege. So, <laughs> yep. And John. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was one of my three losses at Worlds. The other... Two were to Corey Faraday and Jens Erickson. Um, I think Will played Jens in the... Yeah. Top, was that top 16? Uh, top 32? No, Jens was 32. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Corey, I played round seven. And uh, I actually ended up, uh, the round prior to that, playing Sam Bratz and was fortunate enough to beat him. 
uh, it was one of his two losses on the weekend. He obviously went on to be the champion. So um, it, the deck has really served me well. But um, I guess I'll jump in real quick and do a fast overview of the rounds. Um, I ended up round one seeing a target HOD Dragon Pit. A uh, guy from Bloomington that I had met that weekend was running the deck. And um, one of the funny plays, and I was glad I got out of my system round one, uh, I rarely will win an entry challenge on a, on my, uh, not even just turn one, on any turn. <laughs> I will rarely win an entry challenge with this deck. And I happened to flop a Mad Huntsman and won the initiative and played Fear of Winter as my first plot and obviously hit him for two on the intrigue and second turn I played my own rule by decree and hit myself with it because I was just so used to not (laughs) winning intrigue challenges (laughs) it was it was easily the worst play of the entire tournament for me and I was just blown away I was like I'm starting the day like this huh gonna go well but uh I was able to rally from my own stupidity and uh pull the win out. Thankfully, I had enough high-strength guys to overcome it. Uh, there were a couple around, uh, I'm sorry, a couple uh, rounds that it was, it looked dicey. He had the tourney grounds out there from the uh, very get-go, and he also had the minus one from the Dragon Pit pretty well locked in. I think he had three or four cards in Shadows, even though I had Serio and... Um, the Aria from the King's Landing cycle, both in shadows from, I still was not able to uh, get that shut off. Um, but the the flanks and the Blackwood Elite pulled the game out for me. Um, it was surprisingly a, a much tougher matchup than I anticipated it to be. But I guess if I wasn't such a an idiot with my rule by decree, I probably would have had an easier time of it. Um, Second round, I saw one of the several... Kyle, do you remember how many Dark Wings, Dark Words, uh, Stark decks there were there? Three or four. It was a lot. Yeah, it felt like a lot. But uh, Mike Hanch, an old uh, CCG guy, was playing a Stark Dark Wings deck, and he would go on to make the top four. Um, I saw him round two, was able to... That deck will never win. I was able to really crush him on the rule by decree and followed up with a storm of swords, um, put him away pretty fast. I think it was a three turn, three turn game. And I mean, that, that combo has just been brutal. Like I said, initially when I built the deck, I was playing fear of winter and art of seduction as my one, two plots generally. And, um, after they restricted that, I had switched it up to fear of winter and rule by decree as my general plot choices. Um, and it, I, th- I think it ended up, in a lot of instances, being even better um, than the Art of Seduction. Now, granted, I would still love to have both in there, but um, definitely a really devastating combo if you can hit it. Um, round three, I saw, as uh, Will had mentioned earlier, the show's own Kyle Vansel, and he was also playing Stark Dark Wings. Um, <laughs> this game, Kyle uh, really grinded it out. He knew exactly what it was to do what, what he needed to do to beat me. Um, we've played quite a few games with this matchup um, over the last year, and he maximized his card advantage, made really good decisions, and uh, just took it to me. Uh, I think that the power at the end was a lot closer than the game was. Kyle was in pretty strong control the, the whole time. Um, 
And as we wrapped it up, I think the the words I left the table with was, uh, this isn't the game that matters, buddy. It's uh, <laughs> it's the next one or something like that, because I had a feeling that I'd see him again. But uh, he definitely had my number in that game, and that would be my last uh, my last and only loss for the for the day. Uh, round four, I saw another Stark Darkwing's Dark Words. Jeez, this this one was played by uh, Brian Bleers, and I pretty much blew the doors off him. I beat him in two plots. Uh, I think I hit four epics in the first two turns. Uh, had serial on setup. There was pretty much nothing he could do. Uh, it was my fastest game of the day. Wait, are you two serial or three? Are you three serial? That two or three is what I meant, right? <laughs> three. Okay. And uh, that's it's an interesting thing. It kind of segues into my my top eight game, and uh, this is a little story that w- Will kind of knows about already. But uh, mm-hmm. in the top eight, I matched up against the last of the Stark Darkwings decks that were in the field, um, and I ended up using. Lucas Blackwood to get my extra challenge off and win that game. And uh, at Worlds, in my top 32 game against Chris Kaiser, I uh, it's funny that you brought up the multiple copies of Serio. The way that I was able to eke out the win against him, he was uh, playing a Baratheon. I, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was No Agenda or Dark Wings, one of the two maybe. But, uh, this is Prefect? This was at Worlds, yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, so he was he was playing that, and I, he had a little holy package in there, and the deck had gone. Or I'm sorry, the game had gone a lot longer than my deck likes to. I think we were on our seventh or sixth or seventh plot, and so I was th- exactly three power from winning the game, and he was going into a power faith turn, and I knew that, so. During the, at the start of taxation, I brought out Serio, who had just gone back into shadows after winning a challenge, to put me in that position. I brought him out again in taxation. Then I brought out a second copy of him, pre-plot, <laughs> and flipped my own Valor, killing my only other character that was Lucas Blackwood, doing the challenge on a post for the win. Awesome. So, I mean, that was probably <laughs> one of my favorite plays. Um, it was, uh, Especially in such a an important situation, it was it was really a uh, really good play, and Chris definitely was about to flip the game, so it had to happen, and it had to happen then. But uh, it just reminded me of that when you asked me about the multiple copies of Serio. Um, and then, like I said, in the top eight here at Windy City, I was able to get another win off of Lucas. Uh, just a a great card in this deck. I I can't get enough of him. Also, then, uh, just, wait, just a ahead. quick thought for other players who might want to try Siege. Make sure you're running Valar, because if you're going eight or nine <laughs> plots, you're probably not winning anyway. Yep. So you want to have it there for those Duke games it does win you. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll completely agree with that. Early on in the, in the deck's evolution, I was not running Valor, and as soon as I put it in, I, I put that in as well as Betrayal at the Wall simultaneously. And yeah. It was. It went from you know a B plus deck to an A deck really fast after yeah. that. I was playing Simone, and we were both like two or three power from winning, and whoever won initiative would win the game in some octagon tournament game. Um, and he had like some nine initiative plot, and I only had seven. I was like, 
He was like, dude, why aren't you running five eleven? And I was like, because I don't have room for that. And that's a terrible plot. And then immediately I was like, oh shit, one eleven one. What the hell? And it's been in since. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, not only adding those two in, but at the, right around that same point that I made that change was also when Heron Hall got added in, which is just another great way that you can abuse Lucas. You know, kill kill him for any any interaction that you need, and get a challenge off, especially, you know, you're uh, you're on Fear of Winter from Swords, any turn where you're really going to wipe their board, you can just squeeze another one out. Um, I, I didn't fear with mine. I uh, negotiated. Yeah, that fear. was all... Go ahead. Fear is definitely the right call now. I feel like at Worlds it was more arguable, but at this point it's definitely fear. About a year ago, when I first started with the deck, I was using negotiations, and... Uh, quickly flip that to fear hmm. and uh, I, never look back I use dry season as like a mini fear yeah back in the original uh, plot list it was dry season attack from the sea burning bridges and fear yep we're, we're very similar with this I think it just followed a different evolutionary path yep and I think that you did you use kill events in yours I only added them at the very last minute, and I hated them. They were literally Danny Tech, because I knew that, like, I was going to run into a Targ deck that was going to be a nightmare. Yeah, I certainly tried it out with them in there, and it just felt like it slowed me down. It does. It's It absolutely does. So It was a, it was a matchup call, not a, not one I was thrilled about. Although, if I remember to play in no quarter, I would have made a top 16, so here well, and there. Yeah. I don't know if that's as bad or worse than my rule by decree. Probably well, not as bad. But. <laughs> since, it was, since it was since it was top thirty two at world, and all I had to do was flip a card in my hand onto the situationally table. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, dumbest move I've ever made. Yeah. So doing a, a dupe serial loop to dirty get dozen. in <laughs> versus Aaron forgetting to play no corner. Oh, so happens to like, the spectrum there. Ah, <laughs> uh, unreal. But I uh, said well. <laughs> talking about speed and speed being important Kyle was my top four opponent and he'll tell you about speed um, I think that was a, a two plotter as well Kyle is that right? Yeah that was bad he, uh, he saw a really good setup from me and he knows that he should have Valored and he didn't especially given that I pre-plotted three epics um, the play was definitely for him to Valor I don't know that it would have mattered because my one card that I played was Serio but it definitely would have would have helped. Um, but I mean, quickest game report ever. I mean, there there was no coming back after the three epic first turn. I don't think it does matter if he has any stealth in hand that has reasonable strength. Absolutely. And, or like Varus is a possibility. Or if his one uh -huh. play is like, there's multiple different little options that could have gotten him that. It's just yeah. In a in a seventy five card deck like that, he had I think two or three outs, and just didn't catch him. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he definitely got the better of me during the Swiss. But like I said, it wasn't the one that mattered, and um, I was I was pretty lucky to to get a great setup and also see the epics. Um, when you, when you get both of those in a perfect storm like that, you're rarely gonna lose. Um, and then in the finals, as I mentioned, Ben Terpstra was, he finished second, um, and he was playing the, the tunnels deck that he and I had built the night before. I had a feeling it was going to be a harder matchup because I had a lot of experience with the deck and the archetype, and he's able to put out a lot of guys really fast. 
Um, he just hit some dead draws, and I, I again, fired out pretty fast. Uh, I think the, the game went four, four or five plots, something like that. And um, it, it helped me a lot knowing every card that he had, but he also knew every card that I had, so it was definitely even footing. But right at the very end, I was on a Storm of Swords turn and um, was going in about to make my challenges, I had the initiative, and I could see him looking through his cards, looking at his hand, and I said to him, so you've got a, you killed the wrong dwarf, not a carry the Riverlands, and uh, you can't do anything, right? And he said, yep. <laughs> so, um, it, that's what it came down to, he could only kneel out the one guy, and I was able to close it out right there, it was, it was a good, good run for the deck, um, I felt like it's, Ever since I had tuned it up after Gen Con, getting ready for Worlds, it's been at optimal efficiency. I rarely have a bad draw with it. Um, but I think that it's time to retire it, or at least let it have a very extended vacation, because I hear there's a card coming, uh, Sky Cells, that they spoiled on the FFG site, that is not what this deck wants to see. The so, worst thing possible. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's all a plot game. Yep, this, I mean, the entire deck is very straightforward, but the plots are what drives it, and yeah. um, have, having your answers there, choosing the right times to play them, knowing when to play your epics uh, pre-plot or post-plot, um, that's the game for you. Um, your opponent, you know, they they need to get lucky if you play your plots right. That's that's kind of the, the pressure that you put, and that's why I guess I've I've really liked it over the last year, but... Um, I mean, the plots are one really of the really unique things about Thrones, so you know, absolutely. playing a, a deck driven so hard by that, yeah, I think that's always pretty cool. It's, it's definitely been a, a real fun season with it, though, and uh, I'm happy that I had the chance to come on and talk about it, and uh, again, the, the trophy for the, the Windy City Cup is going to be a traveling trophy, so I have it for the year, and... Um, then it's going to go back, get engraved, it'll have my name and the deck on it, and then it'll be up for grabs again for whoever wins it then. And I think that's a really cool, um, enduring feature that you don't see at a lot of tournaments. That is super cool. Let's hear from, from Kyle about his win now, right? <laughs> yeah, I Once think we're on the Kyle. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, hey, hey, Kyle, what'd you play? Uh, I, played play my, <laughs> I played my uh, Stark deck, you know, that one Stark deck that we've been playing since Moonboy. It's almost been a year, though. No. I do feel good because the version that ran at Moonboy and the version I have now are very different. It's been a long, credulous journey, but here we are. Um, let's see. What is there to discuss about it? So, uh, Bloomington is, is where I grew up, so it always has kind of a special thing for me to go back and, and get to play there and win. with my roots. Um, and I've also, going to this tournament, never outright won an event. Uh, fun fact, I have co-won a regional with uh, Greggles, but I have never outright... Um, I went perfect in both in Swiss for both Melee and Joust. Greg came in as the, limped in as the bottom seed in both events. He then met me in the finals of both events and beat me. And on the old scoring system, that makes for a tie. Wow. It was pretty crazy. 
So Greg I actually gets, think I like that. So Greg gets uh um uh Greg I a red trophy is happy. And you took the bye, yes. right? He took the trophy, I took the bye. Because Carl sat us down before the game, it's like we're gonna figure this shit out now before uh before this gets a roll in. I was for like, Yeah, it's probably for Greg Carl. magic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. just so we have this figured out before, you know, Ish goes down. I was like, that's a good call. So we did that. Um, and so, yeah, we said we split it up. I really wanted the buy because I worry about things like that. And he really wanted the trophy for his swag wall. So we split it. He beat me. And here we are today. Um, so, yeah, he's Greg. I make a Raddus happen, Atkinson. And I'm Kyle. I changed the scoring system, Bansel. That's my <laughs> own claim to fame. Um, but anywho, this podcast thing, right? Like, oh yeah, and this podcast. Now I get to talk. At the time, I did not get to talk. No one gave a shit what I said. Um, I mean, they still don't. But <laughs> now they hit, now they well, you hear my voice trying to yeah. get to the good stuff that I clogged. Um, so anywho, so this was a big tournament for me. I was really excited because there's like no like huge name players. I was like, oh shit about. Um, How many and there were five, and then like that Thursday or Wednesday. Um, Tommy's like, oh, I'm going to Bloomington. And I was like, fuck, because I was like, I just, like, like he just got done saying, just lost to him at Chicago, like, two weeks ago. I was like, this is not what I need right now. Like, this is going to be, you know, a smaller, quieter event. Like, so. Granted, I told people, you I wasn't bringing the siege. How many people? Yeah, uh, we, we got five. I think we we're projected to get, like, ten or so. And then Southern Illinois got hit with a huge snowstorm that day. And so a bunch of people, um, a bunch of people had a flake, uh, some of the old school Swarm Brother guys, um, some champagne players, some more, some more local dudes that don't necessarily travel as much, but we're supposed to make it down and just, you know, that kind of stuff happens with the Midwest and our weather. So, so we had five, we had five play. K Tom dropped by, apparently on his way to, uh, his mother's. Um, <laughs> we had to show up, we had to show up and then, uh, Suddenly, K-Tom's there, and he's like, oh, hi, guys, I'm K-Tom. And yeah, to introduce yeah, himself. As things happen. Yeah, and then he ended up playing in the Conquest store tournament that was happening, because they had an odd number of guys, and he said that just wasn't right, so he jumped in, I guess. I don't <laughs> understand what happened. But he it was I think, had a Conquest deck. He told us belt. he was leaving. Yeah, he told us he was leaving, and then second round, I hear his voice, and I'm like, "What's Kevin still doing here?" And I look over, and there's Kaytan playing Conquest, but he isn't over there. Um, so yeah, I ran my Starkwing deck. I think the only changes I made, I stuck in Betrayal at the Wall because the new because Simone's plot concerned me. Not like that I couldn't deal with it, but just that I mean, it naturally is going to slow me down, and I already feel like I was running that razor's edge where if a game doesn't go 100% my way, I start to get nervous about running into my own Valor on the end. So it's like I'll stick that in. It's like a one, like you said, and everyone's doing this like initial short beating to death last week. So I was like, this will be good because it gives me a round or if I really, really need to go first, I have an answer and it'll saw me out, worst case scenario. So so first round is against Sean Becker playing uh, Barra. Did he have an agenda, Tommy? I don't know if he did or not. Just doing bare bullshit things. I got some black sails and some like he was. Stannis and blah blah blah. I don't know. It's the house is dumb. It's always been dumb. It's always gonna be dumb. I just don't like it. But so he did that and it was an okay game. I flopped Theon and he just didn't see enough weenies that 
I mean, I just melted through his stuff. Like, I just kept it down. So I'm like, you. I kept leaving it so I could pare him down. So two next marshalling, he's got to kill one, got to kill one, got to kill one, and just kind of pinned him down where he couldn't. And he's using Preston to do jumpy backy things, which is fine, except for his Uber Stannis can't jump back into shadows. So you have to leave someone out there to die to Theon. Uh, and I mean, that's and I mean that's kind of what the deck does is I put a lot of pressure on on his board, and when he wants to have. Yeah, you know, I mean that's where the strength of that deck and pretty much all bear decks lies is you know having I got these awesome dudes. Well, Theon's gonna murder them in marshalling before you can do anything. That's just where we're at. So that was that game, pretty solid win. Second round was against Tom Dog here, uh, and that game was okay. I was not thr- I was really jaded about the tunnels match because I played tunnels last round of Swiss at Chicago and got pretty much the same exact deck and got my dick beat in real hard. <laughs> so I wasn't really thrilled about playing it. So I'm like, great. Now like Tommy's playing it. And I'm sure he's practiced with it and this is going to go awful. And it was a little, it was a little grindy and we got towards the end of the plot and he goes, oh, you're going to run into your own valor. And he dropped something thinking that it would let him go first and I dropped a trail so I could. And that was yep. my curveball, like snoop the whoop. Haha, you don't know all my tricks move. My she one. Totally did. You got me good. You got me good, you fucker. <laughs> that was my one move. One move of the whole time. Well, I mean, we play so much together that he knows every card in my deck, and it's like, this is my one change, and I'm kind of hoping it just goes over, and he doesn't notice. And it worked. Silver bullet, man. So I popped that, got to go first, uh, sneak out the win. Third round, we played Derek Billings, who was running Stark Wings as well, and that mirror match is grindy as balls. It's just everyone tipping away at each other's boards and doing stupid things just to keep draw going. He runs some winter stuff, and when we played at Chicago, he caught none of his economy cards. Like, both of our games are prime examples of what's scary about Dark we- the Darkwing's agenda. is His first game caught none of his economy and choked himself out with some winter tech that he played early. And then second game, he caught nothing but economy cards, because... There's a billion. There's more in there, and if they lined up just right, like you're gonna get screwed. And he just didn't wasn't able to keep up with me board presence wise. So it was a pretty easy shutdown. Um, then we decided to play a top two game just for shits and giggles. And of course, it's Tommy again, just concerning because it's like technically I've just won this tournament outright. And I can skip on home. Now I gotta play Tommy, <laughs> so I'm obviously gonna lose. Like that's how this works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And our finals game, like. I mean, it was solid, but I never felt like I lost control. I set up real strong early, um, and I was able just to kind of keep that pressure on and to slowly vice it down. Uh, our first game, I, I was a little nervous because Tommy, I think, what, what did you blow? Like, all three. This was an interesting moment. I think he blew it all was. three of his reads. Like, two, you killed the wrong dwarfs and an enemy informer in his first two turns. And, and he just, like, he just dropped it. I, I killed Brienne with Hall. And then call the three-eyed Croder back so I could hair and all her again. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, it got weird. I was like, no, like, I was going to make a burn all these Neil effects to get my Lewin down. And, I mean, and it worked. I was able to get through it. Uh, he was set up in that first game definitely to capitalize and just one of those SOL, you don't draw the cards. He never was able to, like, punish me on the turns that yeah, I never caught the deck is designed to, to really punish. drive the nail in. Because there are those moments there, and, and I'm noticing kind of where game flow is at right now that 
the, the best kind of strategy is just to set yourself up, have two, one or two of those bomb plots in there that you're like, this is the plot when I flip the game. And unfortunately for Tommy, he just didn't have the cards to flip it. He set himself up like right there for it and just didn't, the deck was not merciful. So, but our finals game was not as, not as close or as fun of a game, but, uh, I those think are it my ran four up wins. to like eight to two or something like that in the first two turns and then you just pounded my face in. Oof. Yeah, I just, I did not get set up super, super strong early. And and I started to flip it, and I was like, God, that power total is kind of high, and uh, it was just kind of like one of those like slow arm wrestling matches where you just kind of slowly crawl back and just slam it down. And they were all good games. Uh, I made two play mistakes on the day. Um, my wife, we have finally admitted, is my bad luck charm. The closer oh. to me she is, uh-uh. the worse I play. She was like, I I didn't go near you all day. And in the finals, I came up and rubbed your shoulder for a second. You go, oh, shoot, that's a play mistake. She's like, nope, and she's walked away. Um, and that tends to be how it is. The Worlds, I did the best at. The one where I top four at Melee was the one event she wasn't there for that day. Um, that's kind of how things go. Same with my Gen Cons. She wasn't there for either of my uh, top eights. So that's really the rule. My wife can't be around, which is sad. Um, but, but yeah, so I played real tight. Uh finally getting feeling back in the swing of things like we're getting like store tournament season is really like doing what's supposed to do and amping me up for regionals and i feel like a lot of people's like a month or two ago i tried to reach out to a bunch of people to collaborate on some decks or work on some things and you got a lot of man i'm just not feeling it right now or i'm i'm looking forward to second edition or i'm not really looking at my first edition stuff or splashing conquest or netrunner right now while thrones is kind of down and now I feel like when I reach out to people, they're much more engaged. And so I feel that everyone's starting to kind of amp up for this last season, which is good. It is great. So that's that's uh, all my all three of my cents. But have you ever posted that list? I don't know if my list has ever gone out. I don't remember. There is a, there's a slight chance I'm taking it to Gen Con, but I promise at some point... Before the end of the game. I will note that I do run a bunch of cities and or plots with traits on them, because I am not afraid of the stupid bird, for the record. Let it be known, I am not afraid of the bird. Everyone kept telling me, like, I've been playing a bunch of games locked on, they're like, why are you running all these, like, like, city plots are so bad right now, and all these traded plots are so bad right now, aren't you worried about, about the bird? Everyone's running Sam the Birds. I'm like, don't give a shit. I only care about it with, um, whatchamacallit. The restricted city help negotiations. Negotiations, yeah. yeah You've wasted your restricted on it. Ouch. Yeah. That is, that is short of that, I don't actually think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, the bird is yeah. not the word. So, and and they're not very good. And it seems like, uh, especially a deck like mine, where I, I'm all about bound, pounding in your board presence from a character standpoint, that. A lot of my like test games are like I had one in hand, but I needed them just to get a freaking dude down. I'm like, yeah, that's what your bird's been reduced to, and you can cancel my like city plot, but I, I don't know. I've never been too worried about it, unless they get Lewin. Like getting Lewin sucks, but even if they do, it's like I play people who have kill events and they kill Lewin first turn. I don't see how it's that different. So I don't know. I think it's. Nowhere near as flashy as everyone seems to think it is. Keep on running it. Did you have the bird played against you at all in the tourney? Um, I think I got birded once by Derek. Okay. I think he birded something. 
Well, and I was the guy that Kyle ref- was referring to that I had to play the bird as a dude so that he wouldn't get unopposed. Yeah. I'm just going to kill all your shit. You can't smoke that. I'm going to kill your shit. Mm, kill your shit. Yeah. I know Danny did run negotiations as her restricted because it's like her favorite plot. And every time I build a deck for her, I never like put a restricted in. And I look at the list and go, oh, you don't have a restricted. And she's like, put in negotiations. I'm like, okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, I certainly birded her negotiations at that tournament. So yeah, it happened. Tommy did it, and I think Derek did it. So that sucked, but that's the organic process that building decks for your your wife is. Is well, I guess we'll throw negotiations. So, but other than that, I don't know. So once again, last week I shat on the O2 common draw engine of Bay of Ice and high initiative plots. This week I shit on Sam and the birds. So that's my weekly Just draw one engine. One draw engine after oh. another. <laughs> yeah, that's my weekly draw engine that's overrated. I'll be excited and to hear what the next one is. Let's go. I played in New York. We have two store championships that are of note in New York City. The first one is really just the New York people. We have a small store called The Uncommons. It's a board game store. Really, really nice. Good. Go rent some games, play for the day, that kind of place. So it was a really good time. Um, but it's all, like, only the New York players. And um, Kyle S., unfortunately, was unable to make it. So, like, the accomplished players, the ones you guys have probably heard of, are me, obviously. Dave Stroms, um, best hard player in the world. Dave Stroms and... Dan Struhal, who if you haven't heard of, you really should have, because he's like the godfather of the New York meta, and one of the, Damn, probably awesome. probably one of the top five to ten deck builders in the game. He doesn't, um, he's got a very busy life, but, so he doesn't have time to tweak as much as he'd like, but, like, his, he comes up with absolutely original concepts that are, like, mind-blowing. A lot of the decks that we do so well with in New York are Dan's creations, so super props to him. Um... The other players are less accomplished, but they're actually good and coming along well. We're assuming we'll have like a really competitive meta by the time 2.0 starts. Um, I played the same Martel Lufin Apart deck that I played at uh, in Boston. Everyone on Earth decided to cut the power of blood and go um, Warcrest Viper. So because I'm me, I decided to go to a third Noble Viper and a second power of blood. Um, because I figure... Like, once you see Viper, you basically have to Valar. If I just follow up those next two turns with uh, Power of Blood, you'll Valar at some point. I'll make you first, see how many characters you play, and then just Viper you to death. And that's basically my closer. Um, meanwhile, um, I decided to really up the ante with the hand destruction. I was mulliganing, mulliganing fairly aggressively for big head up hands, big setup hands, or hands that had Ariam, the Scourge, or Ghost Hill Elite. Because... If I can get um, turn, if I can get one of those guys turn one and, and didn't see Sam, I, instead of time for Ravens, I'll open Retaliation to really hit the hand hard early. And then when I start Samming with Ravens going forward and uh, Viper's Banner running, I'll have a ridiculous hand, and you'll have next to no. In almost every game I played, I was Pretty I had the opponent top decking. It was really really good. Okay, um, first game I played Matt. He's a local player. He's won a store championship. He's pretty good. Um, he's playing more Star Wars lately. He played Targa Lufin Apart. He played Piat Pri early, and he had, I believe, um, I'm the threat of Danny, obviously. So I sammed into uh, Sir Eris, got rid of his Piat Pri. 
he didn't have draw, and I had all the draws, so I just rolled him. Um, next game, I played Dave. Dave is playing right now, or was playing, I don't know if he still is, um, a Longship Iron Wind Monocon deck. Oh, nice. And making that work? Oh, it's freaking great. It's It feels like you're playing against Bloodthirst or one of the Maiden Spain decks. So I constantly call him a Bloodthirst player to piss him off. <laughs> but the deck is freaking brutal. I would be um, really curious to, to check that list. Uh, I'll ask him to see what he says. It's an it's a Dan original. It's running obviously out of Greyjoy, HOD, Ironwind, and it's running um Maiden Spain and some ships to prevent gets plenty of draw going, gets lots of monocons, jumps them in. There's not a lot you can do to stop it unless you prepare. But since I knew he was playing that because at a couple game nights he was playing it, I added a Hotaz Axe, which is an okay card. It's not actually a good Boom. card. But if you're running a bunch of <laughs> monocons, you're giving me an awful lot of power. And Viper doesn't care about your silly monocons. So a couple he calls it thinkings here and there on Viper or Arion, and then just, you know, use stealth and such to get best monocons. And um, in that game, it went almost to time. I think we were on final round when I finally eked it out. Um, I got two or three power off getting rid of those monocons with Hota's Axe. Um, I mean, like, I... I I knew he was going to Valar turn 6 and not save it for turn 7, so I power of blooded turn 6 instead of double Valaring, because um, I wanted to keep that extra power off his house, and then I figured if I... I had just drawn into Viper, I figured if I could push that Viper through on that power of blood turn, then I'd be able to close without having to Valar and hand him the game. And since it was... And it ended up being last round, so it was fairly good timing anyway, and I was just able to eke it out with um with the win on Dominance. He had to blow up um he had to blow up his Heron Hall to prevent me stopping to prevent me uh scourging his one defender on a challenge that would have won me the game. Oh no, that's not possible. He had to Heron Hall something that was gonna completely destroy his day. And that two power plus my one power on Viper plus my one dominance ended the game just exactly barely on time. Ooh. Um next I played Roy. I played Roy last time I convinced him to play this deck. It's a really good answer to my deck. He was playing Barrow uh, Maester's Path. He got most of what he needed turn one. Um, some really good plays, roll by decree at the right time. But I also saw, I saved a blood for blood, and I had uh, a Lady Nim's Guard, who I basically played for free, because they're great in this deck. So I blood for blooded his Maester. And then next turn, I um, a time for Raven, grabbed the blue Raven and got rid of his at the gates. So after that, it was more or less over. I just rolled straight through him. He, um, final match of Swiss, I played Dan Schruhal, who was the other undefeated player. We were the only two undefeateds to this point. And he was playing Targ, Dark Wings, Dark Words. I started off really strong. And I kill his Danny with... Um, I saw all he calls... Three he calls it thinking. And I know he runs the uh, 441 Stay of Execution to save Danny generally turn two, because... It's really good when you have Danny out early, people make the mistake, they've large too early, and then they're just kind of screwed and stuck with Danny for the rest of the game. I decide, I had three thinkings. I knew if I only used one, he would assume I had the other in my big hand. And um, play the 4-4-1. He had um, Danny duped. So I assume he would have managed to save it. So I actually played two he calls it thinkings to cancel Danny twice to make him think I, I couldn't possibly have the third. He could just play whatever <laughs> aggressive plot he wanted. Uh-huh. And I think he played uh, the three five one to stand everybody, and I got rid of Danny. Oh, he had a save out. That's what he had. He had um strong Belwas, 
So I just canceled the response to save. Danny died. No problems. Nice. Um, except that that Piat Pri I discarded last turn, he actually... Um, I go first. I have... I go second, excuse me. I have Ariel Hota out. And um, I have Ariel Hota some like... Oh, no, he must have played Aftermath. Excuse me. He played Aftermath to keep my board down. So I had Ariel Hota and Ariane with... Um, with two thinking and a uh and like a bird or something nothing important as my third card oh a samuel actually was the third card all he played was some influence and a so he's first player from aftermath over Valar. he ends up flipping into um he ambushed from the planes mind you this is dark wings he ambushed from the planes is in piapri he then plays the kneel and influence i get two prize to keep piapri standing uh huh. Military challenge kneels the tourney grounds to win that kills Arian. Entering challenge kills Hota and just wipes my board. Whew. At which point he proceeded to completely wallop me. In the next like two or three turns, he just walloped the crap out of my life. I lost that game very handily. Um, but since I was three and one, I made the cut. We cut to a top four. I played a new player who's actually playing really well all day. Um, Mike Kaup with a Greyjoy LIV2 deck, which I haven't seen in quite a while. But um, he blew it up early on a Bannerman, so I had a bajillion cards. I got all the hand destruction in the world going. He accidentally missed that he had an Iron Mines out once, and I ended up rolling him. And then the skies opened, and we got a Blizzard. So instead of playing the final game, we Dave and I Dave had beat uh, Dan in the cut. And we decided to play the game at Octagon rather than play it in person because it's much safer to drive home as soon as it starts snowing rather than once, you know, it's accumulated. Yeah. We drove home later that night. Uh, what actually won me the game, I got off to a much stronger start than he did. He wasn't seeing much. But I played my uh, 342, the um, help, it's a Lannister staple. Steal uh, the location you get breaking from. Breaking and entering. Uh, breaking and entering, thank you. I've managed to steal. And he his only real stall at the time was Maiden's Bane. So I just kept Great Wicking his Maiden's Bane. I great, when I didn't Great Wick his Maiden's Bane, like when I didn't care about it, when I had enough to push through other challenges, I was double scourging. So there was no real answer for that. Like he had next to no hand. He had either one or no cards in his hand at all times. So I was either scourging twice to get rid of all of his cards, or I was canceling his Maiden's Bane so that he couldn't defend anything. And that was that. Like, I basically rolled the final against one of the best players I know, so miracle of miracles. And I took the tournament. Nice. Congrats. So, thank you. So, I'm retiring. You got that, that regional buy visa. Yep, got the regional buy, so, does, so do uh, both of you guys. Oh, no, Tommy just has a giant-ass silver trophy. Oh, oh, right, no no regional buy. The trophy's still pretty sweet, though. I mean, he could just rather have the his first-round opponent with the trophy. If we're going to be honest, I'd rather just have a big-ass trophy. So, props and slops? Let's do it. All right, I think Aaron's been sitting on a prop since last With week. With no pants on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an egg. I was waiting for it to hatch. <laughs> oh my God. So, I, want a prop, <laughs> I want a prop last week tonight because... That show is fantastic. If you have have HBO, have HBO Go, or steal HBO Go, watch last week tonight. Because The Daily Show is great, but coming up with really good ideas every single night is 
hard, justifiably. So, like, when they hit it out of the park, they completely hit it out of the park, but they don't every night. Last every week's night. night is, like, distilled the best episode. But his run, like, was consistently good. It wasn't, like, out of the park every week, but, you know, I'd say it was a solid, like... Oh, wait, you mean, you mean Oliver? Yeah, John Oliver. Oh, I honestly, I think for the past couple of years, John Oliver's been better at The Daily Show than John Stewart. Yeah. But, he, and that's not an insult to John Stewart, who I fucking adore, who's brilliant and fantastic. But he lost a little bit of heat on his fastball. Like, it just became, you know what he's going to say, his, he's established. Yeah. Like, well, John and, Oliver and he doesn't have fresh. a British accent, which inherently yeah. makes things funnier. That's true. I mean, John Oliver getting into a Twitter feud with uh, the president of the leader of a South American country is priceless. Him destroying a recent episode, he, like, goes into how horrible the Philip Morris company is. It's just awesome stuff. Like, clever, biting, witty. Like, it's it's the best It's the best episode of The uh, the Daily Show every week. Yeah, it's good. It's been a little while since I've seen any episodes, but uh, totally enjoyable and... Uh, since they really drilled down on a topic a lot longer, I mean, you know, it's a satire show, but I'm part of that generation that still gets some news from it, and you you do learn some interesting and terrifying things, like about FIFA, for instance. That was yep. a that was an interesting episode for someone who enjoys the World Cup as much as I do. Um, I re- also really like the why is that why is this still a thing. <laughs> yes, and like the two weeks ago, I want to say I think it was actually the same episode as the cigarette one. But they were like, "Why is the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue still a thing? Do people not understand the internet?" And it's like, yeah, I I have no idea how the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues still exist. I haven't even stopped to think about that. <laughs> the internet is kind of a trump card on this one. Yeah, it's like I really, really want to pay for something that's available for free. To a massive corporation that does that has no reason to do this except exploitation. This sounds like a great idea. All right, any more? So I got like eight. Um, on that, I'm going to throw out a prop real quick to episodic video games because they appear to be all the rage now. I already propped uh, the second episode of the Telltale Game of Thrones, and then the first episode of uh, Life is Strange. But now I saw on Xbox Live today that there's an episodic uh, Resident Evil that's coming out. So I downloaded that first episode. I haven't played it yet. But I just I think that's the perfect sweet spot for somebody like me. Like these days, we just have so much shit going on. Like it's hard for me to sit down and blow 30, 40 hours on a game. But if I know I can set aside one night and make it through that whole episode, like then I feel accomplished, and I keep coming back to play the future ones on down the line and stuff. I kind of want everything to do it. I haven't played the second of the Thrones Telltale games. How is it? Oh my goodness, you are missing out, man. Uh, it The ending is not quite as just like shocking as the first one, but it ends with a song that is every bit as good as that first time that we hear the Reigns of Castamere in the TV show. Um, okay, it, I don't gives, believe you. It gives you chills. It's it's good. It is really good. How much of a video game aptitude do you have to possess None. to play that game? None. <laughs> None. It's it's more like an interactive movie. 
Oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. You, it's about your conversation choices far more than it is about anything else. Yeah. Occasionally you have to walk around, like, to go somewhere else to talk to somebody. Well, and but right at the beginning, you have choosing. to, like, press left when it tells you to press left, press X when it tells you to press X. Oh, like, yeah. real-time event type stuff. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. They they do that stuff. The, and it's not often. But, yeah. Well, if it tells you, I think I could do it. I'm not a video gamer, but I'd be intrigued to play something like that, maybe. Oh, oh they're, they're good. All the Telltale games are good. Nice. Well, I'll throw a prop out there. I don't get to be on here and do that regularly, so one of the things that I've been wanting to have a chance to mention for a while is when my wife and I started playing this game about two years ago, uh, Will and Greg and Kyle and everybody from this whole group was a, a major positive factor in us getting into the game. One of our first tournament experiences was going down for their Moonboy Classic, so props for their upcoming Moonboy. I'm sure it's still just as awesome as the first time that we were able to make it down there. And, um, you know, props for everything that you guys do for the community. Uh, you make it an easy, easily accessible uh, game, even though that at the point that we started, the entry point was high. You, you felt motivated and... Um, welcome and all those things um, just because of what good uh, ambassadors and representatives for the, the game and the, the community that you guys were. So, perhaps Thanks. to you guys on that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm actually completely agree with that. When I first started playing, you guys were huge for me to really help me get into things, really help me understand things, got me cards to look up, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I hate being nice to Will, so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Just for, just for this once. <laughs> don't don't make it a habit, Aaron. Then nobody will listen to the show. Uh, it's okay. We still have Kyle to be really mean to you all the time. Okay, there I'll we go. I'll be mean, mean back. That'd be great. Consistency, that's what... No, no, no. That you'll be mean to me is what he was saying, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was. Just a cyclopedia. Oh, yeah. I'll be mean a little. Whatever, whatever I need to be mean to, just let me know. <laughs> Point and mean. Yeah, well, if I might jump back in again already with a prop after that, I think I will at least throw one up for the Moonboy Classic, which is coming up disturbingly quick. By the time most listeners are listening to this, it will only be about a week away, uh, because it is Saturday, March 7th, here in balmy Springfield, Missouri, uh, where we hopefully won't have snow on the ground anymore. Um, and it's going to be in the newly remodeled Metagames Unlimited. Uh, you really ought to go check out their site. It's pretty swank, uh, checking out all the pictures, and I swung by in person the other day. So I'm excited that uh, Thrones is going to be one of the one of the first uh, run of new events over there, and I know Carl had somebody donate some extra prizes and such. Plus, of course, we're trying to get things organized for a draft event uh, of some kind on Saturday, or sorry, on Sunday. So if you are interested in doing some kind of draft, uh, possibly with uh, chapter packs, I've, I've got an idea worked out on that, and it's a bonus that would help uh, the store move some first ed product uh, this late in the life cycle. Let me know so we can try to get that locked down uh, in time to make it happen. So while we're at propping stuff like that, I want to prop uh, March 14th, I want to say, is the big New York store championship that you should totally come to. 
I'll be playing probably a T2 deck by then. But you should completely come because a bunch of people are coming and it's going to be a great time. It's one of the, our bar after tournaments, or usually finals in bar. Isn't that so, every tournament? Almost every. Okay. But it's one of our big ones, so you should totally come up for it. And I also, while we're just here, because there's some people who apparently still don't know, because I told a couple people about it this weekend, Team Covenant is amazing. You guys, if you don't have a shop that you get cards from, for cheaper than you could at a shop, Team Covenant will have the cards at your door, like, before you know it. Yeah. They are a great group of guys, uh, having been also to their store in person. Uh, and hung out with them many a times. I can totally vouch for them. They really care about the game. Good people. Yep. Well, I'll throw one more prop out there real quick. Um, like I said, when we first started playing the game, it was my wife and I starting to play together, and so I want to give a quick prop and shout-out to her um, for all the, the support and um, just letting us go on trips to tournaments and all those things just... Big props and thank you for that. So, oh. yeah, love. <laughs> we probably all owe a lot of props to our various significant others for putting up with us doing all this crap. <laughs> props to my wife for going out with her friend and letting me do this. There you go. I also want to prop Parks and Rec. Last episode was well, as we're recording last night. As you're hearing this a few nights ago, it's. Not only a funny show, it's a beautiful and touching show. Like, it's ultimately really not cynical or sarcastic at all. It's about optimism, and it's really, really great. Watch it on Netflix, it's fantastic. Yeah, I need to catch up. I'm still a few seasons behind. Actually, I just really should start from the beginning and rewatch again. It's totally worth that. Well, I don't like season one. I just totally skipped season one. Rewatch starting with season two. But then I'll be missing out on some Ron Swanson. Uh, he's not Ron Swanson until the middle of season two. I mean, he's Ron Swanson, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, he doesn't act Ron Swanson until the middle of season two. Okay, fair enough. Kyle, you got anything uh, rolling around over there? Um, no, no, I don't. Uh, um, no, I'm good. Things are pretty quiet in Iowa. Snow, slaps slap to snow. Yeah, we got like Screw six that. inches tonight, and it's making me sad. Dang, I'm a, I'm yeah, a little getting hit too. A little jealous, actually. Shut up, you piece yeah. of shit! <laughs> I'm a slob yep. Will, and the balls he has to say stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was negative two degrees here yesterday. It was not fun. Wow. Yeah, we've just been hanging out in like the upper twenties, so. Yeah, but we're in civilization. I'm in civilization, so I don't actually care. <laughs> I assume you don't actually have to go outside any. They've just got, like, tubes and things, right? I mean, like Amazon, e- Amazon exists, and I'm a Prime member, so... <laughs> Everything's keep, free. Keep, keep your snark to yourself. Danger zone! You can put that wherever you need it. That's that's fine to get it. You know what? I think that's right. Just right there. And we're out. I didn't have anything else I wanted to prop anyway.
and an extra special little announcement here, guys. What with the Moonboy Classic coming up next week and all, I think we may not have an episode airing on the 6th of March as we uh, prep for the tournament and everyone comes into the town and such. I probably won't be editing that one, so be prepared for an extra uh, dosage the week after where we will... Uh, tackle a report and some other topics uh, that we've got lined up to go for them. Thanks. Anything else? I think that hits uh, hits all the high notes. I won't have my big uh, tournament winning report uh, until after Moonrise. <laughs> so. Until after two, until after 3.0. Wait, what? Yeah. We're assuming they'll need a 3.0 already. But they really shouldn't. <laughs> I sure hope not. If they do, I don't think any of us will still be playing. Like, if if after this big hoopla, they're like, eh, we kind of screwed up, let's do it again, I might just be like, I hate you. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully it won't come to that for another, oh, what, 15 years or so. Okay. We're still oh. playing at that point. That's impressive. Podcast number 3,000. Also, if we keep up the podcast that long, that's impressive. You'll never play and not do the podcast. Uh, Maybe. I can't imagine I you playing without the podcast. I, I don't want to rule it out completely, but yeah, it's uh, it does feel at this point like the two go hand in hand. If people are still listening to podcasts in 15 years, they'll be shocked. Yeah, it'll all be. We're yeah. here for episode six thousand. They're, they're gonna watch <laughs> us drink in real time. It's gonna be yep. great. Ugh. I never wear pants for these. I hope not. Jeez, that'll be fine. It'll just be from the waist up. <laughs>